Welcome to The Vampire Squid, a podcast about increasing transparency and education in finance. This is your host, Alan Lee, and welcome to episode 24 of The Vampire Squid. Happy early Halloween, and hope everyone bought some candy for trick-or-treating tomorrow. Today's episode, we are covering part two of the conversation that we had with Kirk on trading options. And today's episode is packed with a lot of great information. We talk about things ranging from margin calls to starting option alpha to how to trade when you don't necessarily have the time or a lot of capital. Um, So today's episode, I think, is very useful. And it also dives into Kirk's entrepreneurial spirit of starting option alpha, which I think is, uh, is great if you're interested in um, you know, starting your own business. So I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. This is a question that I had when uh, trading options, you know, so say you buy an option contract, and you forget about it, and it happens to expire in the money. What what happens? Okay, good question. In that case? Yeah, so any option contracts that expire in the money, if you are an option buyer, then that contract will be automatically exercised by your broker. So your broker will assume that you wanted that to happen because you didn't either tell them otherwise or didn't close out of your contract. So they will exercise that option for you, charge you probably a really hefty fee. I mean, some brokers charge $15, $20, $30 to do that per Mm -hmm. contract. They'll exercise that for you. And then you will be in the the shares of the stock you know, based on your strike price and whatever. So they'll automatically exercise it. Now, this is where people do get confused because they, they think to themselves, okay, if I trade options, do then, do I have to have money in my account to cover that, sh- those shares if I get exercised? And the answer is no, you don't. You would just have to have the money in your account if you wanted to hold those shares. So the, the question that probably comes up naturally from here, right, is, well, what happens if I get exercised and I didn't mean for that to happen? Well, one of two things are going to happen. If on that day you don't have the money in your account to hold that stock position, the broker is going to give you a margin call, which is nothing more than saying, hey, look, buddy, you need to transfer some more money over here if you want to keep these shares, right? Because they're on the hook for those shares. And if you don't have the money to cover them, then they're going to issue you a margin call. And so that's going to happen. And you can either transfer the shares, you know, transfer the money to the account or not. If you don't transfer the money to the account, the broker is just going to sell the shares because they're not going to carry the risk overnight for you. So they're going to go into your account and they'll physically sell the shares at whatever, you know, slight profit loss differential there is that day, right? So so I think that's a- They'll physically sell the shares of that was underlying the option contract or shares in your account? No, the shares in your account that you got exercised. So let's say you you took you took in 100 shares of ABC stock, right? Yep. And you can't, you don't have the money in your account to hold 100 shares of ABC stock. Well, they're mm-hmm. going to sell 100 shares of ABC stock so that they don't have exposure overnight. For the profit that they get from that, do I get that profit or what happens then? Yeah, if the if the uh, stock were to go up that day, then you might get a little bit of that profit. If the stock goes down, then you might have a little bit of a loss. Yep, just depending on what happened that day. Okay, yep. but they automatically do this for you. Well, they would. Well, and it would cost a lot in commission to do. So it's not I'm not telling you it's not the best scenario, right? You don't mm-hmm. want you don't want to be in that situation, but the reality is, is that if you are in that situation, it's going to be okay. In fact, 
I, uh, I go through every time that I get assigned, which as a sidebar happens less than like a percent of the time. And I track all my trades. I know everything that happens. I built stinking software that I put on my website that shows like all of our performance numbers and breakdown by category and everything. Less than 1% of the time are we ever assigned or exercise on contracts. So it's a, it's a rare thing to happen. And when it does, I'll record a video and say like, here, look, I'm assigned these shares. You know, I've got the capital to hold them, but I don't want to. Here's how I exit it. And then you just sell the stock like you, you know, normally would. Now the key here is just what, or what I think is the key is that that assignment or exercise happens really the last couple of days until of, of expiration week. So my tip to everyone is just when you get to the last couple of days to where the contract is about to expire, decide to do something with it, right? Sell it back to the market. If you're short the contract, buy it back. Um, you know, like do something with it so that you don't have to go through that process. And really it's just about saving commissions to go through that process. Gotcha. Yeah. Cause I, I think, um, when I first started trading, that was always, uh, you know, one of my fears, you know, what would happen if I forget about it and it expires in the money? Do I have to purchase all the underlying stock? What if I don't have enough money in it? But that was helpful in, uh, in clearing up that, um, that yep. fear. Okay, good. And in terms of, uh, starting option alpha, I wanted to just talk a bit about, you know, your website, your company. What were the, steps that you took from leaving finance to doing something a little bit more entrepreneurial? Because I think a lot of people that are in finance, especially nowadays, have have this thought, or at least I do, of maybe trying to start their own thing or create their own business. What was the um, the factor for you for starting Option Alpha and uh, you know starting your own business? Yeah. Well, I can tell you that, well, one, I think people have to really understand that like, obviously it's not going to like blow up overnight. So like to me, option alpha is an eight year overnight success story, right? Like it took a lot of hard work and a lot yeah. of dedication to do it. So one, I would tell people that if you're really not passionate about doing it, you know, then obviously don't go down that road to do it. Don't just start it for the money. Cause you're going to have to really, really put in the hard work and you know, the effort to do it. Um, for me, it came naturally. It came naturally in the sense that when I was trading, I used to blog about trading. You can probably even still go find our old blog. Um, it was just like a Google blog. It looked horrible. So I, I don't take any credit for design because I'm really <laughs> not good at design. But like when I started trading, I was like literally at home by myself doing this, right? And my wife is a teacher. So she was, you know, we didn't have kids at the time. So she was out, you know, working. I was trading. I was like, you know, whatever. I'm just going to type about what I'm doing. I need to have a little journal for myself. Keeps me sane. So I would type and write about what I was doing. And just honestly, slowly through just people sharing it, you know, getting more readers and people, you know, commenting on stuff. I obviously like saw that there was a big need in this, in this market early on to fill a need for education that nobody had. And I was in a good position because I was, you know, I had some experience, but I was also growing and learning myself, right? Which, which I think is important to, you know, like I, I never will say that like I'm a perfect trader. That's why I just spent, you know, six figures to, you know, build databases and whatever my developers are doing to backtest all this data because I want to know what, what, you know, like what, what don't I know still, you know, like I want to backtest all this stuff so that I have more confidence in what I'm doing, right? I, I pretty, mm-hmm. I, I know a lot of things, but now I have even more confidence, you know, because of what we've been doing. So I think from there, it just naturally grew, right? People said, Hey, you know, do you mind, you know, posting your trades before that? Or, and then I would get a lot of questions like, well, why do you do that? Like, why, why do you sell options? Why, why do you, uh, why are you trading ABC stock today? Like, what's, what's the thing? You know, and just all of those questions just naturally come up. And I think anybody who's starting a business, I, I really believe because we're, we're a decent sized company now. And, and hopefully this year we'll be on the, um, on the, uh, Inc. 5000 list as far as like fastest growing companies over the last five years. And, oh, um, uh, so I think that, 
you really have to solve a problem. And it can't be like, it can't be a, a problem that nobody wants solved, right? So in my case, I saw a need early on that a lot of people wanted to do something different than stock trading or day trading, and they just needed some help doing it. And so that was the problem that, and that's still the problem that I continue to solve now because the options market is growing. The fintech space is growing like crazy and more people are realizing that maybe they shouldn't be trying to be rodeo cowboy day traders, right? And when they, when they go through that realization and however much money they lose or make or whatever, they eventually are going to look for something else. And I want to be that person that they come to, to get really, really good education. And what were, you know, what were some of the challenges that you faced starting out? Yeah. The. For sure, I try to do everything by myself, right? Like, so I think that that's a big challenge for any business that starts up is that they always try to do everything, you know, themselves. Like, I'm really bad with, I, I think our site is beautiful and like, I've got a good eye for design, but I'm a really bad coder. I, I don't know anything about that. And <laughs> I tried to do that initially, right? And it looked okay, but it just wasn't. And I just wasted a lot of time doing that. And so I would tell anybody that like really figure out exactly what your skills are. In my case, it was more of like the layout, the structure, the training, the, you know, the content itself. I, I could care less now about design. Like I've got a designer in house that works full time with me for our images and our creatives and that, you know, like website, all that. And really, really focus on your good stuff. I probably lost a year of, of really building this thing out a lot faster because I was trying to do everything. I was trying to do, uh, like the email systems. I was trying to set up the, you know, integrations for this, you know, the membership software so that people could log in and have access. And I spent hundreds of hours like going through tutorials and videos trying to learn this stuff. And I, now hindsight, it would have been much better for, for me to pay somebody that was quality to do that kind of work. So I think that's the first thing is just really play to your strengths. Second thing is, again, what I, what I get back to is really figure out what people want answers to. I made the mistake early on, even though I was getting a lot of questions from people, when I built the first, kind of like really the first version or first two versions of our platform and our training, I built it assuming that people had, you know, knowledge that they didn't have. And I built it assuming that everybody went to New York or graduated from, you know, a university with a finance degree. And just like really mm-hmm. stupid things now where like you, most people even hearing it now, you're like, Oh yeah, that's stupid. Like, but you know, when you're in it, you just, you don't know what people don't know because you know it. Right. And so you're like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. People, people know that. Right. I'll even uh, like sidebar, like me and my wife, when we started investing in real estate, I was like, honey, that's not a good ROI. She's like, what's an, what's an ROI? And I'm like, ah, interesting. You know what I mean? And it's like, you don't, you don't know what people don't know. And she's, I mean, she's got more education than I do. She's a graduate student in linguistics. I'm like, you don't know what an ROI is, right? But she didn't, she didn't know. And, um, so I think that's, that's another hurdle that you have to get over is, uh, so anyway, so a couple years in, right? Like, you know, after that first, the first two iterations, I kind of like scrapped everything and I'm like, okay, this, like it was working, but it wasn't working like, like it should, right? I mean, we were getting members, but not at the rate that we should have, you know, should have been really growing. And, um, so I went out and I interviewed like 168 of our members and I did phone calls. I met up with people that were, you know, to have coffee with them that were local to me. Like I did my due diligence on my people and I really, really found out exactly what they don't know, um, how they learn, which I think is important. Like I obviously was trading at home. So I thought everybody had time between eight and nine o'clock to jump on and check the markets for an hour. No, people mm-hmm. are taking their kids to work, which, you know, like now I know, like I'm changing diapers between seven and eight and getting my kids fed, and, <laughs> you know, like, but you have to learn like where your people are and when they're going to be using your product. And, and that like, to me was a huge thing. So like, 
Now I do a nightly video at nine o'clock at night because I know most people are either A, home from work or B, their kids are asleep. And that's when they have time to do a video, like to watch a video. So I could send the video out at three o'clock, but it served them no purpose, you know, until nine o'clock. So like, I think little things like that, just really, really researching, you know, who your audience is, who those are, those people you want to help and really like getting inside of their minds and understanding them. Had I done that three years sooner, I, I don't know where I would be right now. Gotcha. You know, for my listeners, I would say a majority of them are millennials, um, a little bit younger crowd, and they may not necessarily have that much capital. <clears throat> and they may be still going to school or they may be in their first job where their time may be a little bit limited. What are your uh, recommendations or suggestions for someone that's a millennial that may not have that much money, that may not have as much time to do it full time? How, how do you... They're in the perfect position. They're in the perfect position. I like, listen, this is seriously, this is probably one of my biggest pet peeves I hear from other members is I don't have the time or, you know, like I'm young and I don't have enough money. Like you are literally in the perfect position by not having enough time to do this, right? That forces you to focus on the most critical aspects, right? I don't know what the, like the law is and, and maybe there's like a, you know, like some, it's not, it's not Murphy's law, but it's like, um, uh, maybe like Parkinson's law or something like that. But when you have a shorter period of time, you focus on the most important, most critical aspects. And so like our training is built that way. Like our courses are built for 30 minutes a day. Like you can carve 30 minutes a day out to really focus on the most important aspects. And same thing, like when you're working at your job or you're commuting, like you don't need 18 hours to be really, really good at options trading. You need a couple you know, like 30 minutes in the morning, maybe 30 minutes in the evening. And that's it, right? To really do this. But if you don't really want to do it, then don't put in the time. Um, and then as far yeah. as, and then as far as money goes, I have yet, I have yet to meet, to meet a person that I've coached, um, in our platform or seen our, in our platform that has done better by just simply adding more money to their account. Have yet to see that. The people who do better, that do really well, are people who learn how to be successful with a little bit of money. Like you can show, I can give a million dollars to anybody to start a business. That doesn't mean that by having a million dollars, they're going to be successful. But I can probably give somebody who's built a track record of building up businesses, I could probably give them a thousand bucks and they could build a business faster than somebody with a million. So the money thing is not an issue. And in the option space, I mean, like you could do a, a trade for $70. I mean, like if you, and hopefully, I mean, Please don't start with $70 in your account. But look, if you got like $1,000, $2,000, $3,000, you can get started. You're, you're probably not going to quit your job on that, right? Like, let's be realistic. So don't email me and be like, <laughs> I thought I was going to quit my job on that. And like, no, it's still going to take time, but get on that path faster and start compounding your growth sooner. I think that's, uh, that's very sound advice for, uh, millennials, especially nowadays. We definitely have the time. If you really want to do something, if you really want to do something, you'll make the time to do it. So. so let me, let me just give you like one quick story. There's a guy that we interviewed on our podcast on uh, show 61, right? His name is Cameron Skinner. He's in Florida. He is a home builder, like guy, mm. right? He's a bronze star army sergeant, like an incredible person. He builds 150 homes a year. Like, listen to me. Oh, wow. If you think that your life is more busy than building 150 homes a year, that's more than like, that's one home every two days, basically that he builds. Okay. So he has a lot going on, a lot of projects, a lot of contractors, a lot of stuff, a lot of clients to deal with. Yet he still finds time for the last eight years. He has an eight year track record of 22% annual returns. And listen, all he does is he logs wow. in, he logs in in the morning. He makes one trade. And he closes one trade. So every day he opens one trade 
and every day he closes one trade. But the, the key that you have to understand, like the beauty of his, of his system framework, whatever you want to call it, is that he is religious and mechanical. Like nothing stops him from doing that. Like he wakes up in the morning and before he goes and builds 150 homes a year, he makes one trade, opens one trade and closes one trade. So look, we all have enough time, especially millennials. Like we got, we're on our phones way too much, right? Like get off the Snapchat for 30 minutes, get off the Twitter for 30 minutes, like get off all that stuff for 30 <laughs> stinking minutes to make one trade per day and then you'll be okay. Got it. You said, you know, if you have a shorter time, you will focus on the most important things. Can you just touch a little bit about what you think the most important things are? Yeah. So like, I mean, it gets back down to what we were talking about. Um, you know, position size is really important. So that's a critical. Always be an mm-hmm. option seller. That's important. You could focus on like on your time, focus on one or two option strategies and really, really learn those best. Like getting back to Cameron's story. Um, he focuses just on one type of strategy, which is a put credit spread. He trades nothing else. I'm like, can't, and I even told him in the interview, I'm like, really? You're like, just, just to put credit spread. He's like, dude, just to put credit spread. I'm like, you don't want to trade like a strand. Like, you know, you'll have like, you'll make more money with a strangle. He's like, man, I've mastered the put credit spread. Right. And so like have that philosophy, like just at least to start, like don't be a jack of all trades, like be a master of one, just choose one, keep your position size low, always be an option seller. And then realize that it's just a game of math. You're just playing the insurance business just like Buffett is. So play those numbers like just all for the rest of your life. That's all you got to do. Just like the longer you stay in, the better your chance of success. And that gets um. And he had the 22% annualized 22% returns. 22% annualized returns. Wow. For wow. eight years. Eight years. That's incredible. That's incredible, right? And like our- That's incredible. I, just so you guys know, like our back testing 100% confirms that across multiple securities. Right. Like it is not, it's not rocket science, but the problem is with everything in life that really, that when you really make an impact is if you're consistent and persistent, right? Like going to the gym, you're not going to lose weight and be buff and like whatever. If you go to the gym twice a year, you got to go to the gym. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, do you know, like I, I feel like a broken record when I like start saying this stuff, but like we all know what it takes to be successful. It's not luck. It's not, you know, magic. It's a, it's just about being consistent and persistent. And it's the person who can do it over and over and over and over again and never be swayed or, you know, uh, that's the person who's going to be successful. That's, uh, that's sound advice. And I think, um, I think that will resonate a lot with my, with my listeners. Kirk, just wrapping up here, you know, where can people find you online? I know you have the podcast, you have option alpha, do you have a Twitter account? Maybe I can post in the show notes. What, where, where should people find you? Yeah, look, in case they have questions. Yep. So here's the deal. At Option Alpha, we all of our content, training, courses, PDFs, webinars, podcasts, everything is 100% free. No strings attached. No membership like expiration date. It's all free to consume forever. And I think that's how it should be because I don't need to make money off of people doing training and stuff like that. Like I make money trading options. I don't need to do that. Um, and then of course, everything is at option alpha. So Twitter, Facebook, Periscope, Instagram, I mean, like everything is at option alpha. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I think this was a, a very informative episode on options and, you know, just a sound advice. If you want to do something, you can find the time to do it. And I think options trading is definitely one of those things where if you can just dedicate 30 minutes or in the morning or 30 minutes at night, you can become successful. Yeah. And, uh, I thought that example was, was very great. But awesome. Thanks, uh, thanks so much for coming on the show, Kirk. And uh, I'm sure we will hopefully have you on again soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, Alan. I appreciate it. 